I love, I love coming to you, Fold. I love to hear Matt sing. Man, that's a blessing. And I made a couple of observations. You're finding Exodus 13 in your Bible. I made a couple of observations uh, already about you, Fold, this morning. Number one, I'm not going to drink any water that comes from the tap while I'm here because apparently y'all got something going on up here. That's a lot of kids, all right? And uh, uh, you, 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 you need to watch more television at night, folks, okay? Uh, I'm not sure. I, they kept coming out like a clown car. They just kept coming out, coming out. And then the second observation, uh, there was one little man up here that was just bawling and crying. He was very sad. I feel that guy. I've stood in front of crowds like y'all before and uh, turned him into a blubbering mess. That bless his little heart. So I understand that. But uh, I do enjoy you, Fold. I love being here. I love Matt and Coleman, of course. Uh, that boy up here, that is my son. And uh, if you want a son that makes you just absolutely crazy, have one just like you, okay? And all his life, his mama said, you know why he frustrates you? He is you. And I'm proud of Colin and Sammy. But I don't come here just for Matt or Coleman or Colin or Sammy. I come here for the little fat baby, all right? And I get to spend time with my granddaughter. And so that makes everything good. I appreciate so much your love for our kids. And I appreciate the opportunity to preach. And it is uh, an opportunity that I don't take lightly. I know we've had a lot going on here. And uh, the Lord gave me the thought the moment that I, uh, we confirmed that, that I would continue to come for the young adults. And that I'd be here this morning. And immediately I knew I would come to Exodus 13. Now I'm going to ask Matt to stay here for a moment. Uh, and I'm going to get him to help me preach. I would like to be one of those preachers that can preach and sing. Uh, but if I did that, uh, you would leave in a hurry, all right? I have only the one side of the equation. I, I'm going to ask Matt to help me sing a song in a moment because it sets the message and the tone uh, for the sermon. Now, in Exodus 11 and 12, and really through the book of Exodus, many of you are familiar with this. Uh, if you're from the young adults, I saw some of the young adults already in the service. We, we went through this whole thing the weekend, uh, four different sessions. But children of Israel now, 420 years of bondage, 420 years in slavery. And uh, Moses comes and he says, hey, and listen, God has sent me uh, to bring you out of slavery and to bring you into the land of promise. I'm going to bring you out to bring you in. And uh, there's great doubt. There's great fear. Uh, of course, the nine plagues that uh, God sent on Pharaoh, and they, they did not listen. And Pharaoh hardened his heart. And so the tenth plague, no longer a plague of warning, but a plague of judgment. And uh, let me just say, as I told the young people, God warns and warns and warns. And sometimes that warning is, is no longer a warning, but now he brings judgment. And so nine warnings. And finally, the death of the firstborn. And uh, you know the story there. Pharaoh says, get out of here. And so the children of Israel, they've prepared the Passover, the blood atonement. They've eaten the lamb. And they've girded themselves up. They're ready to go. And uh, we come now to that part of the story. Uh, the, 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 the great cry in Egypt, the weeping, the brokenness. Uh, the blood atonement has saved the lives of the Jew. And they're on their way out. Pick up in verse number 17. Exodus, the 13th chapter, the 17th verse. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistine. God led them not through the way of the land of Philistine, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about 
through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with them. For it straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Succoth, and they camped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the, uh, to lead them the way, and by the night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. In my mid to late 20s, I entered full-time ministry. And I've been doing it now for a little over 30 years. And I've learned something along the way. There's going to be some really good days. There's going to be some really difficult days. There's going to be some blessed days and some burdensome days, some, some hard things. But I've learned this one great truth. God leads his dear children along. God never, never stops leading. God never stops showing us the way. I'm going to make this statement, and I think Nathan's run the slide back there. When I make the statement, find the slide, because I'm going to make it a couple of times. God never leads the easiest way, but he always leads the best way. God never leads the easiest way, but he always leads the best way. Now, I want you to get that this morning. God never leads the easiest way, but he always leads the best way. Years ago in our country's history, there's a man named George Young. George Young was a very, very poor man, but he felt God had called him to preach. And by trade, he was a carpenter, a craftsman. Had very little money, but he would go around and preach to itinerant churches all over the area. Finally, he and his wife saved up enough money to build a little small frame house. Nothing fancy, but their first house they didn't have to rent. And while George Young was out preaching, some men, some rebels, some uh, we'd call them a gang today, who didn't like preaching, who didn't like the preacher, they burnt his little house down. George Young came home from preaching in a church and found his house in ashes and rubble and his little family standing there. George Young took poet's pen and wrote on poet's paper the song that I'm going to ask Matt to sing. And I want you to listen to the words, and we'll give you three thoughts after Matt sings. George Young wrote these words, God leads his dear children along. I want you to listen as Matt sings. Matt, would you help me, please? In shady green pastures so rich and so sweet God leads his dear children along where the waters cool flow bathes the weary one's feet God Dear children along some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the Oh, oh, oh. 
sometimes on the mount where the sun shines so bright God leads his dear children along sometimes in the valley in the darkest of night God leads his dear children God was protecting them. Did I turn it off, Philip? Okay, I may have touched something. I hate technology. Listen, that's not for me. Or Philip doesn't like me and just turned the mic off. Either way, this is ah, not good. Turn it off. Matt, sing again. God was protecting them. God was protecting them from something they were not ready to face. Now, let me ask you a question. 
Were they going to fight Philistines in the future? Were, everybody, this will go a lot quicker now. I know that y'all have a 955 cutoff, but listen. Were they going to fight Philistines in the future? In fact, they were going to fight Philistines over and over and over and over. The Philistines were going to be a thorn in their side. They were going to be a constant issue in battle. But they were not ready yet. You are going to face some battles and you are facing some things now that are simply protecting you from what's coming, but also, number two, preparing you. Preparing you. Uh, there are some things that you are going to go through right now and are going through right now that you're going to go back and you're going to say, you know what? God's been faithful here and God's been faithful here and God's been faithful here. Hey, guess what? I've got confidence God will be faithful now. God has prepared me. He's protected me. Man, I couldn't imagine dealing with this yesterday. But you know what? Because of what I went through yesterday, I'm prepared for today. You have a God that has your best interest at heart. And listen, he does not always lead you the easiest way. But he always leads you the best way. In his foreknowledge... He knows exactly what's coming your way. He has prepared and positioned you. He has protected you. And he is going to lead you even though you don't understand. Uh, you don't maybe necessarily uh, realize why are we in the wilderness. I can't, we could have gone north. We could have done this. We could have done that. The what ifs and the why nots. Listen, you don't understand all the things God has kept you from and all the things God has prepared you for. Matt, when you got cancer, when Ashley, you didn't get cancer, when Ashley got cancer a couple years ago, worst thing of your life, no question. Watch this. Now, I don't, I'm not asking this, but I know Matt, I know Ashley. Was God faithful? Is your faith stronger? Do you have a confidence in God? You didn't. Matt's a college graduate. <laughs> he, he went to the Pensacola Christian College. Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm a senior, and I'm studying music ministry. There are things college doesn't prepare you for. There are things that only God can take you through, break you down to build you up. Matt's a stronger Christian now than he was two years ago. And watch me. The battles we'll face today, we have confidence because God protected us. We weren't ready for this yesterday. We weren't ready for that yesterday. You, you wouldn't have been ready for that 10, 15 years ago. But all along the way, God has protected you. Now he's prepared you. And he's now going to let you face a Philistine. And guess what? David said when he faced his Philistine, this Philistine is no big deal. I've already got a lion and a bear under my belt. What is this uncircumcised Philistine to the God of Israel? God leads his dear children along. Foreknowledge. God knew, God knows. Mark it, God knew and God knows. So I didn't know, you don't have to know. If you ever got, there's a guy back here with a Superman shirt, not a Superman, but a, a Captain America shirt right here. And uh, I walked by and I said, hello, Captain America. And you know what he said? Hello. <laughs> like in his mind, he thinks he's Captain America. I mean, you know. And, and I said, I, I said, hello, Captain America. <laughs> and over there's the Hulk and over there's the whatever. And uh, uh, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, I would like to fly. I would like to have, you know, like, I would like to have the, the ability to, to read minds. I would like to know the future. No, you wouldn't. Because God 
is protecting you from some things that are coming. A dear friend of mine, dear friend of this church, John Anderson, yesterday one of his men rolled down his, this is a, I'm telling you, this is life. Yesterday one of his men rolled down his window at his car to say hello to a neighbor. The neighbor shot and killed him and then killed three other people. You saw it in Atlanta, in Hampton, Georgia. A couple of months ago, hung up the phone on a Wednesday night with my music director. Said, I love you, Tim. I'll see you this weekend. I was preaching a revival in North Florida. The next day he went to work. He worked all day. Thursday afternoon, he went to get in his car to go meet his wife, driving across from St. Pete to Tampa, stopping to go traffic. He stopped. He never went again. He had a heart attack, dead in the car. They had to break the windows in and get him out of the car. My dearest friend, my music pastor, 54, 55, I'm telling you, a phone call is going to change your life, and it's coming. So I've already gone through the worst. Don't ever say I've gone through the worst. You have no idea tomorrow holds. God leads with his foreknowledge. You don't need to know what's coming, but you need to know the God who knows what's coming. And God led them through the long way to protect them from what they could not see of themselves. So mark this down. God leads with his foreknowledge. I must hasten. Number two, God leads by faith. Interesting, right in the middle of this passage, we're thrown back several hundred years to the life of Joseph. And the Bible says uh, in the verse, of, verse number 19, Moses took the bones of Joseph with them, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away with you hence. Now I'm going to ask a Bible question. Uh, why is Joseph in the hall of fame? If you run over to Hebrews chapter 11, you're going to find chapter 11, verse 22, says that Joseph is in the hall of fame. Now many of us would say, oh, what a type of Christ, what a man of valor, what a man of character, what a man of honor. I mean, goodness gracious, that there's a lot of reasons Joseph would be in the Hall of Fame. Do you know why God put him in the Hall of Fame? It wasn't when he got sold into slavery by his brethren. It wasn't there in that pit when he got sold to the Midianites. It wasn't down at Potiphar's house when that Jezebel lied on him and tried to destroy him. It wasn't when he got thrown in prison. It wasn't when he was exalted to be the, the second in command of Egypt. It was late in his life as he was dying. He had already been made a great man in Egypt. He couldn't just walk away now because he was so revered and respected. And, and his children were there. And he said, now listen. One of these days, God will visit you. Even at the end of his life, Joseph was looking forward by faith. And ye shall, I mark those two words in my Bible, God will and ye shall. Joseph's faith was a faith that saw beyond the future. He knew he was going to die in the land of Egypt. He knew he wasn't going to go back to Canaan. But he said to his children, when you go, because God will visit you, and you shall deliver my bones back out. And Moses, Joseph, even in faith, looking for the future. I've got a faith in God that tells me he's going to lead me even in places I don't see. Now, go back in Joseph's life. Remember the story? He had dreams. Those dreams were that I'm going to rise up and you're going to bow down. His brethren hated that dream. Joseph told that dream to his family and they hated that. Joseph said, my sheep stood up, your sheep bowed down. And uh, they like. <laughs> then Joseph had a second dream. This was the kicker. By the way, Joseph, stop telling your dream to your family, okay? 
And my star is going to rise up and your star is going to bow down. And by the way, the moon and the sun are going to bow down. Not just his brothers this time, but mom and dad, you're going to bow down. They eyed him from that day forth. Can you imagine Moses, uh, why do I keep saying Moses? Can you imagine Joseph uh, in the pit? Can you imagine Joseph at Potiphar's? Can you imagine Joseph in prison? How in the world is God going to exalt me where my family has to humble themselves before me and I'm in this low state? Mark this down. His dreams were given by God. His circumstances were given by the devil. But what God had intended to pass, it came to pass exactly. And what the brethren and what the devil intended for evil, God used for good. Have faith in your dreams. Have faith in God's promises. These dreams are the word of God to Joseph. The word of God to us is the, uh, the, the scripture you hold in your hand, the Bible you have in your hand. Trust the word of God. Trust what God said. Trust what God's promised. There has never been a promise of God that has not been fulfilled completely. Trust. When you cannot understand God, when God doesn't make sense, when things don't go the way you thought they would or planned, you still trust God. Don't trust your emotions. Don't trust your intellect. Don't trust what you're thinking. Don't trust what you're feeling. Trust God's eternal word. He trusted him in his dreams. But number two, Joseph not only trusted God in his dreams, but he trusted God in his disappointments. That coat of many colors, as Dolly Parton taught us. That's the only way I could get some of you into the sermon right there is get a Dolly Parton or a George Jones reference in. And some of you are like, oh, I'm going to preach. The coat of many colors, boy, he wore that coat. And every time he wore it, his brothers hated him the more. That coat was just a constant reminder, your daddy's favorite, your daddy's favorite, your daddy's favorite. And one day the daddy said, uh, now Joseph, go check on your brother and way out trying in the field. And I'm not sure, in my mind, Coleman, I'm thinking, dad, that's not a good idea. They hate my guts. I don't, I'm going to get the fire beat out of me out there, you know. Much worse than the, they were going to kill him. Reuben said, don't kill him. Reuben was going to send him back home. Reuben was going to save his life. Reuben had stepped away from the crowd for a moment. Band of Midianite traders passed by. They sold him into slavery. Can you imagine that? Some of you can't imagine that. You're like, I could get some money for him. It'd be good. <laughs> I've got a sister that I'll let go cheap. Anybody want to go in on me? You know? <clears throat> Joseph's story is depressing. Because every time you think he gets one step forward, he goes five steps back. One step forward, five steps back. Oh, I'm in Potiphar. This is, Potiphar would be a good stepping stone to the palace, right? He's the chief. He's got some, he's got some pull. Uh, Mrs. Potiphar, lie, seduce, sed, seductress, right? And uh, he gets thrown in prison. Okay, I was this close to the palace, and now I'm in the prison. You don't get from the, you, look, I don't care what you're thinking. You don't go from the county jail to the state house. That's a pretty far jump. Been disappointed yet? Oh, if not, hold on, it's coming. People will disappoint you. Places will disappoint you. Things will disappoint you. You'll disappoint yourself. Your greatest disappointment will be your own self. You say, what about so-and-so? So look in the mirror. That's who, that's who bothers you the most. James said that, that you need to just look in the glass of the Word of God. That's your biggest problem. You, the man you shave, the woman you make up over. Disappointments. Joseph, you know what? 
we do not ever have one record of Joseph blaming or excusing or just, we never have anything but Joseph being faithful. Can you imagine if Joseph lived today, he'd be wearing Facebook out. I just can't believe what's going on. I mean, we, 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 we complain about everything. But it just didn't go my way. Suck it up, buttercup. I mean, life is full of disappointment. What are you going to do? I'm going to tell you what you ought to do. I'm going to tell you what I've learned over all these years of pastoring and ministering and trying to live for the Lord. You have faith in God. And you trust God. And you trust the Word of God. And what God has said God will do, God never leads the easiest way. But He always leads the best way. If we could draw a straight line from Daddy's house to Pharaoh's palace, it would look like to us it's all over the place. But to God, it was exactly what he intended to position Joseph in the perfect place to speak to the king's butler and baker and to have him brought before the Pharaoh in his darkest hour of need. This dream is driving me crazy and none of my guys can. If there's not somebody, oh, I got a guy. Where'd you meet him? Prison. Bring that to me and see how that responds. Hey, I got a guy, preacher. Where'd you meet him? We were serving time together. I'm not sure I want to talk to him, but God knew. In your disappointment, watch me, in your disappointments, when things don't go the way that you thought they were going to go, another great theologian, some of you will pay attention now, G. Brooks said this, sometimes life's greatest answer, life's greatest blessings are unanswered prayer. Right? I didn't get my way. You better be thankful you didn't get your way. You you ought to thank God that he moved around you, positioned you, and placed you. Joseph led by faith. God leads by faith because we have faith in the dreams, the word of God. We have faith in the disappointments of life. But but look at at Joseph. And again, go back to the scripture. I want you to see this. Joseph believed even in death. Even as he done, the blessing that I, that I was referring to was as he was laying out his final blessing in Genesis 50. And, and he said, look, I'm going to die. And yet I'm still going to believe God. Watch this. Isn't it easy? We're Baptists. We're eternal securists. Isn't it easy to believe God for the future? Oh, God's going to take me to heaven when I die. I've trusted him. If you can believe God for the greatest need, how about for every other need? Number three, and I'm done. Not only does he lead by foreknowledge and he leads by faith, but he leads by fire and cloud. He leads by fire and cloud. His presence was always with him. His provision, it was a barrier of darkness to the Egyptians. It was light to the Israelites. It showed them the path they were to go. They were never without his presence. God leads by fire and cloud. Aren't you glad we have a Holy Spirit? Aren't you glad we have a Bible? Aren't you glad we have access to the heavenly father oh dear lord if you just show up in a pillar of fire or a cloud we would follow you i've got something better i've got the precious holy spirit indwelling me be sensitive to the holy spirit allow the holy spirit to guard you guide you convict you correct you and put it all in the lens of the word of god 
Put it all in the lens of the Word of God. Hey, everything I'm going to do from this point forward, would God's Word give me permission and would God's Spirit allow it? If you'll do that, you'll sing maybe not near as well, but you'll be able to sing like Matt, God leads his dear children along. God leads his dear children along. Say, oh, what are we going to do? We're going to follow God. By the way, this is not the first of life's disappointments. This is not the last of life's disappointments. This is not the first of life's difficulties. This is not the last of life's difficulties. If you don't learn to trust God, now let me ask you a question. When will you learn to trust God? God has not failed you. God has not forgotten you. God is not far from you. But it is your responsibility, it is my responsibility to follow his leadership. Man always disappoints. The things of man always disappoint. God never fails. I want to encourage you, you Fuller Baptist Church, let God lead you through the flood, through the fire. When, when we're rejoicing, oh God. When we're weeping, oh God. Because God's still good. Well, I got so much more to say. Father, bless this brief hour. Lord, I beg you this morning, I, I fear that in difficult days we turn our eyes to self, our own ideas, our own selfish ambitions. But Lord, may we follow your word, your spirit, allow you to lead us good days and bad days, high days and low days. We pray we ask now in Jesus' name, Brother Coleman, you come. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, maybe we'll just take a minute and maybe you need to, in the stillness of the moment, whether at the altar or there at your seat, just ask God for sturdy up your faith. And uh, if you're going through something, through a trial, through a difficulty, you've been disappointed. And...